Shall we review the voodoo? <laughs> I actually I like know, that. But okay, Brandon, I'm sorry, but the second you said the voodoo, my mind went to this old Dreamcast beat em up game where one of the characters was a ghost named Voodoo. Cool. Power Stone? No, it wasn't Power Stone. It was something. I never won Power Stone. It was a different one. Uh, well, uh, yeah, sorry. Brand, tiny video game rant. So, yeah. We are now going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So full spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, the third Ant-Man film, the however many MCU film I lost count. Um, uh, the divisive Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, if you if you listen to the online chat. But we're not here to talk about the online reaction to the film. We're talking about our reaction to the film. So what do we think about Ant-Man? Once again, spoilers, Ben. I liked it. Okay, right. And we'll get into it later. What do you think, Marty? Uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And That's not the script! <laughs> <laughs> he was going to say a thing. No, no, I mean, it was a lot of fun, and there's a lot I don't like about it. Right? Yeah, I uh, uh, I liked it. I, w- I wish I could love it, but I'm I'm certainly not as negative as, as a lot of other people. Um, I always try to come with the things hat, like, you know, glass half full. And I there's a lot to love about this movie, but uh as a big as we all are big ant-man fan uh it just doesn't have as much heart as i as, as it needed and that's my biggest problem with it to be honest sparks i had a really good time and i usually don't agree with the statements where people say like this thing's just here to set up x mm-hmm. but unfortunately i feel like a decent chunk of this movie's plot is just there to set up x rather than tell its own story. Mm-hmm. And that is a bummer. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. But let's get into it um, real quickly. Wait, what did I, you think? I was about to say. Oh, great. <laughs> um, I uh, I loved it. So let's get into it, Sparks. Because Wait, you started. you loved it? You loved it. I did. Okay. That's awesome. That's great. That's fa- God, I, I'm so happy at least one of us I, I can't. I can't gauge where you're going to land off your letterbox ratings anymore because I'm like, I gave it an eight. You gave it an eight. I was like, I loved it. We're coming out swinging with loved it. I thought like had a good time. Like, what? All right. Anyway. I mean, it's both. I had a good time I and I loved it. I loved things in it. Yeah. Go for what, what, what thing? I'll tell you what. Uh, the Everything before we get to the quantum realm, I'm like, hell yeah, baby. Ant-Man's back. The first 20 minutes, you know, Cassie's going to jail just like her old man. Ah, oh, Cassie, come on. You're not there, dude. She's hanging out with the, with the gramps and the grandma. Like, they're having fun. I love that. I love the interactions. Um, we get to the quantum realm. I'm like, cool. This kind of feels like Star Wars. A little dark. Can't really see some stuff. That's fine. I'll probably get used to it. Never gets any better. Spoiler alert. Um, I love Kang. I love Scott. I kind of... And this makes me sad. Didn't love Catherine Newton, and that and I thought she was totally fine. She yells "dad" a lot, and it kind of sounds bad half the time. Um, is Hope even in this movie? Is is the Wasp in this movie at all? This should have been called Ant Man and Stature Quantumania, if I'm being honest, because Hope's not in this movie. Boy, Michael Douglas, that dude just took an edible, and he's like, "I'm just happy to be here." <laughs> um, he's awesome in this movie because he's just chilling out, hanging out with ants, being goofy. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I'm like, yeah. No, no words for your queen, Michelle Pfeiffer. She's great. She's she's, she's I she's I wanted more her and Kang together, but that's because I just think they have they have good chemistry together. Sure. Um, thank you for. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of characters in this movie. There are. Don't forget about Neb and Natara and Zephoi and 
Flip flop. Flip flop. Is, is that the blob guy that wants? He, I do. That's like, Nev. Yeah. Oh, is that Nev? Oh my yeah. gosh. I don't voice, know. Voiced by Dasmal, David Dasmalchin. The Baba Yaga man. As Mag pointed out. Because, uh, yeah, he's the Baba Yaga guy from Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, eh, I'll, I, I'll go. <laughs> Jelly Hole. Um, I, I, I kind of am more positive than Ryan, but um, not, not too different. I think Catherine Newton's pretty good as Cassie. I think the problem is that this movie's not really about her relationship with Scott. And like I wish it was. It feels like it wanted to be. But I thought it was really giving be. up time to be about other things. And this movie is half a movie about Kang, and then half a movie about all the other Ant Man stuff. And I wish it was a movie that was mostly about Ant Man stuff, and then a little bit about Kang. Um, and that's the general overall thing i kind i i have to agree with ryan about the hope thing i i the the longer i sat on it the more i was like hope went with the wrong party hope should have been with scott and cassie because i think that there's a lot more relationship dynamic to mine there we haven't seen them functionally like be deep in their relationship together we haven't seen her as like the person who gave cassie a suit behind scott's back and can like kind of play the third person uh, refereeing them working on their relationship, still having the five-year blip amongst them and how they're finding their way with each other and where those gaps are and that kind of thing. And like, there's a lot more I think that could have been done there for hope. And Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer could have just run with all the same stuff and done more, just the two of them. Like hope didn't add anything by being with them. And like, um, they're, they're, oh, go ahead, man. Now, one of my biggest complaints, or one of the things that I just like, kind of, it didn't take me out of the movie, but one thing is why I was like, just really like, uh, that didn't feel earned, was Hope and Scott saying I love you at the end of the movie. Now, the oh, reason yeah. why it didn't feel earned is because, I mean, I get that, I get that they they've been through a whole bunch of crap together. They were on the Avengers, and they they are this new unit, like. Um, Cassie obviously sees Hope as a kind of stepmom, a uh, parental figure, because she has her her dad, her mom and stepdad, and now she has her dad and Hope. So like she I'll calls, okay, and she like she calls Hank Grandpa for God's sakes. But that's cute. I, I definitely agree with Sparks at the end that Hope should have been with Scott, so then they could see, hey, this is what's going on. Like there was maybe not a, um maybe like some sort of plot thread like some little problem that these that they two that these two need to go through together so they could reach that part of their relationship i i don't know um it, it just well, felt like i it, i'll push back a little bit because like i don't think that i love you needed to be earned they've been together for at least a year and a half uh post end game they kiss mm -hmm. at the end like, of their first movie. it'd be weird if this yeah. was the first time they said i love you so i don't think that moment needed to be earned but i do think there was more interesting relationship stuff to see if they were together it didn't even need to be yeah. a moment that's the thing yeah it's like yeah yeah sure they love each other we know that we've seen it they're responding and stuff like that but it was like this mm -hmm. pause-esque moment yeah that the audience didn't need to see because or even in their storyline, that's not what they were struggling on. That's not what they were going through. They were totally happy, it looked yeah. like. Yeah. So yeah. like that I love you is like, of course they do. Like, why do yeah. we they did like, focus on it yeah. like for a, a weird mm -hmm. reason? I think I think partially because like they just haven't said it in front of us. Sure. And like 
that's fine. But I know they love each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think I, I think the clear visualization that that's true is when all the Scots, which I actually really love this moment, all the Scots and all the hopes that's my come favorite. together and oh grab God, onto each other and all their probabilities collapse into one. And I'm like, talk about like that, that tells me they love each other. But, I get it right yeah. there. Like, is, you don't need to tell me. Just get rid of that one guy that's in pink. Oh, the basketball guy? Uh, yeah, let's talk. We can talk about the probability scene. I was worried that that scene was just going to be like nonsense for nonsense sake. But like seeing it being a probability field uh, uh, and seeing them become ants and like how grim it seems like that's that's a really good. That's a really cool scene. And especially when Wash finally shows up, I'm like, oh, you are in this movie. Thank God. And like at the probability stuff's happened. I'm like, man, this was a great visual. This is some cool ass shit. Yeah, I loved it. That was great. Yeah, the probability scene was I I also loved it. I just love how like the constant duplication of the constant probabilities. I thought that was really good. Um like whenever someone gets big and they just like turn into string cheese, I was like, oh no, that's so sad. Uh but yeah, I think I I think I feel more how Marty feels about like how we didn't really need to see that thing at the end, because obviously we know that they have feelings for each other with each other. But that was one of the, the things about the movie that I was just it was more of more of a me thing. I was like, yeah, I don't really like that moment. I mean, other moments in the movie that I really did enjoy, like Grayson earlier in the chat talked about Darren, don't be a dick. Hmm. Oh, we'll get to Modoc. Uh, yeah, oh, we'll get to we'll get to goodness, we'll get to Modoc. But really, there, I actually liked Cassie. I liked her quite a bit. She oddly enough, when I was watching her, it reminded me. This is probably because we most recently read the book. Was it was I saw the Cassie in the comic book that we just read, uh, Hot World Hive. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was the type of Cassie I saw on screen and I was for it. I was like, yeah, this feels like Cassie grown up five years. She's going to be stinger or she's stature now. And I guess where I was, I was missing more of Cassie interacting with Scott and hope and not just Scott. Sure. Well, I think like, and they're just amongst the three of them. I think there was a way to create like a character Ant-Man family arc. That's just not, really here yeah um it's not happening and that's and that's that's the main thing that i'm just like i i don't know why this isn't here because it's it's somewhere in there where i'm like we're just not getting the the character movement of ant-man that i'm used to from the other two ant-man films and it it doesn't and again it didn't it didn't need to feel exactly like ant-man one and two because they're trying to do a big sci-fi movie sure but i just watching this, it didn't it didn't have the same like sincerity or heart as those other movies did. And again, it's like it's not trying to be that, but like that's why I like the Ant Man movies. And like, there's not enough like great family stuff. Uh, uh, there's some really cool sci fi stuff for sure, but like, I mean, like I guess Ant Man, like Ant Man being like Kang being Ant Man's like like big villain is is really interesting. And having like and that is maybe what I'm rubbing up against. And like, man, did Ant Man need to fight Kang? Like it's, it's cause like, I don't have, I don't have this problem, but people are like, okay, so Kane got his ass beat by Ant-Man. Why should we be afraid of some of the Avengers? I'm like, well, did you see there's a thousand of other, other of them? Like give them, give them some credit. There's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, just because you brought that note, like I, I do think to me trying to think about like the film, the major general MCU audience to me, you don't have to sell me on Kang. I know what Kang's about, Sure, but mm-hmm. I think they do a lot of talking about, how badass Kang is and like what Kang's telling us and all this. And I'm like, not that I wanted a cameo show, but when Janet sees the flashes of his life, how come we didn't see like some 
costumed Avengers bodies, even if we're not seeing the act. A broken shield. Yeah, just like some something kind of Age of Ultron-ish with Tony's like flash forward. In, in, even in glimpses, just to give us like, oh, he's like killed people we care about, just to like really visually show to a film audience is that we just see him like blasting. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's part of the. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that 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 kind of felt a little hollow for me, like for like trying to impress upon an audience what Kang is. Sure. Yeah. Oh, but man, that was, that was such a good scene, though, when she, like, touches it. And he's like, I'm just trying to help you. Like, yeah. I just want to get you home. Yeah, and I believe, um, and I believe that Kang does, like, really like her. And, like, he does, they do have a bond. They do have really good chemistry together. Um, and he is like, yeah, I am going to go be a bad guy, but I will get you home. Like, that's that's still a deal between us, homies. Uh, but, you said, know, Janet and, has And when she asked, and when she asked him how many worlds will die, he goes, not yours. Yeah, isn't that look? That's isn't that just a nice? What a nice guy Kang is. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to commit genocide on countless planets, but yours is going to be safe. I will make sure I won't touch yours. Yours is fine. I what I something I do like about the way they write <clears throat> Kang in this a lot is this sense of he's constantly throwing out. I want you to remember that this is your fault. Yeah. I want you to remember that this this isn't on me. This is on you. You made a choice, and this is what happens because of the choice. <laughs> Rather than taking any like, you know, person, it's it's all like oh, you're making me. You're making me yes. do this. as you're getting punched in the face. Why are you making me punch you? Yeah, 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 hundred uh, percent. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Majors rules. Like, I wasn't worried. Like, he is he is probably like the coolest, like the best part of the movie. Even if him being in the movie is interesting, an interesting place. And Brandon, why don't you uh, share some thoughts? We've got we shared plenty of positive thoughts. Why don't you share a couple? Um, to answer Grayson's comment, I've been for whatever reason since we started the review, I've been having this really terrible cough. Mm. <clears throat> I don't know what's going Barbara. on, but I'll I'll try to get through some things because I, I I have a lot of thoughts about what you guys are saying. I want to hear them. Um, uh, one of the you guys talked about talked about Kang um uh, destroying those timelines. Um, I agree, Sparks. I think that's that's that, that's a really good point. That it, it would be better to have seen someone that not even like Chris Evans, but like the Captain America shield, as Ryan said, or like the Iron Man helmet or you know something to acknowledge that we, because he says in the movie, have I killed you yet? Are you the one with the hammer? He knows these Avengers. He knows who they are, but we never really, we don't, we get a flashback that could be the point of showing that moment, but we don't, we don't see it. We're just told it. Right. How easy would it have been to see like Iron Man and Hulk both getting wiped out by one of his blasts or something? Yeah. Like they're all they're all just visually recreated. Like it wouldn't have taken much. Just do the do the Spider-Man No Way Home and just reuse footage from another movie. Like you don't even have to do new footage. Just like show an image of the Hulk getting beat from an endgame or something. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the other thing is I wanted to mention um I really like Jonathan Majors. I think that that that's unanimous. Everybody does. Um, yeah. He he has a he has an interesting motivation in this movie that I think is like the opposite of He Who Remains. Um, so I kind of find it interesting that we've seen two Kangs at this point: He Who Remains and Kang, and um, uh, they both have the same end goal and uh, end goal, but for a different reason. Um, yes. This Kang wants to destroy all the timelines to rule them all. The He Who Remains wanted to wanted to destroy all the other timelines so that there's no evil Kangs. Right. He was, uh, I was technically cool. like the best of them. He's like, I know how bad I am. And like, technically what I'm doing is like killing trillions of other universes, but I promise you it's better than what is out there. I promise you I'm awful. Yeah. I am awful. I promise. And yeah, <laughs> he is. all of them are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, I, so I like Jonathan Majors. Like uh, he was, 
I really like how committed he is to the role. Um, and we'll talk about the post credits that just floored me. Yeah, yeah. I, For sure. Great stuff. But um, I think that uh, he has talked about Cassie. I wholeheartedly disagree with the two of you, Ryan and Sparks. I'm sorry. Um, I really liked Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang. I thought she was delightful. Um, I, I was, I'm the only one who did I like said it. I liked Catherine Newton as no, Cassie. Yeah. He all disagreed said, with me. All, all I said was that I just thought that she needed more of an arc in the movie. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't even know if I agree with that, though. Um, I, I, I really thought she was delightful, and I, I, I really can't wait to see her again. Um, she has uh, such, I, I think, such good chemistry with... Um, with Paul Rudd, but something that you'd said rung true for me more than anything, which was hope. And I apologize for just going backwards through your points. No, it's fine. It's fine. You were coughing a lot. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's hope. Um, hope is there. She is there. I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about her, her appearance uh, or her arc or her character development in Ant-Man and the Wasp, a movie that I greatly enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with a lot of what is what is said about Hope and the Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I found I found at least Evangeline Lilly was more committed than she was in this movie, and perhaps she was just kind of bored with the script. Uh, she knew that she wasn't being given a lot, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so she's the she's honestly, I think the only weak point for me is Hope. Um, at least any major one that would that would yeah. negate my feelings towards this movie. But yeah, I. I I've been sitting with this for a couple of days and I'm like, I think I, I think I love this. I just, I just can't believe that it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Wasp is barely in the movie. Like I honestly, I really think this should have been called Ant-Man and Stature. Like do the naming conventions. Cause this movie's more about him and his daughter, even though it should have been more about it. It's, it just feels so glaring to me that like much to the point that you're saying, Brandon, which is just like, I, I think she is the weakest thing of the movie by the virtue of like them just not doing anything with her. Like mm-hmm. she just Hank and Janet's jer- like side story, like not even side story, but their alternate story. You, know, you got your two stories. Like it's good in Frank, maybe even in fact, maybe even better without hope there. Yeah. Um, Like it's already great. They're killing it. I loved watching Hank and Janet. Mm-hmm. I, I, yes. I, I loved watching them so much. And I'm like, Hope, unfortunately, is just not adding anything. The only thing she's adding is this like upsetness that her mom is not sharing anything That's... with her, and they just hit that beat with her over and over and over again. And yes. I'm like, Hope would have had so much more to add by being the intermediary between the rift happening between Scott and Cassie. And I think they just could have made that a little more accentuated and even made like a small amount. I didn't want a whole lot of drama around it, but a small amount of Scott being like, you gave her a suit behind my back yeah, kind of thing. Right. And like, you know, all these different levels of like, Scott, you've been doing just like what we we're introducing in the movie. Like in the beginning, you've been doing the book tour. You've been focused on these other things. You're not paying attention. Um, and all of that just be the dynamic. The the idea of like, just she serves so much better of a purpose, even if she's not doing a lot more in the story necessarily by being in the same position as Cassie yeah. threatened by Kang and then coming in and helping Scott the same way again, like, one of my favorite visuals in the film is her and Scott reaching for each other and the probabilities collapsing would work even more if she was part of the scenes with Scott before that. Yep. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, The uh, real quickly, Ryan, about the probability thing. um, I also really like that scene. I thought that was a really cool visual. And I think that scene is the only reason why they're split because it's important that they come together um, at that moment. And, you know, that's fine. Still wish there was, if so, it was so much there was more done with her, but I wanted to highlight a moment in that probability scene, which that which I really like, which is when 
they hear Cassie, all the Scots hear Cassie on the intercom, and they all uniformly like, oh, this is Cassie? Get him up there. Let's go. Come on. They're all eat, working awesome. together to help Cassie. Right, which is why it would have been really good because you have Cassie up there and that motivation thing that brings them all together and unites them. And again, like you could have just had Wasp up there as well and she comes down to help Scott. And like she could have just jumped into the probability field from there rather than coming from like the the Hank and Janet side of the story. Mm -hmm. And you get both of those things right there. Who are the most important people to Scott? Cassie and Hope. That's it. Like it's all right there. I just... And all all the stuff with Hank and Janet was so fun and i'm talking about like oh you know we you were gone for 30 years like we both had lovers and they don't make a big deal out of it but hope is just there to like be a downer yeah be like why did you hide this from me mom like just i can't believe how, like they do that like three times in a row and i'm like just i get it like just, let the parents have fun just real fast i i want to say like i found it so refreshing how briskly they move through like hank and janet talking about relationships in the time they were separated she's banging bill murray I, he's I'm like yeah hey, i get it i'm <laughs> glad it was not that big of a deal it wasn't some big derailment they did yeah. turn it into hank having like a dumb jealous fit rage that like for yeah. half the movie hank in this movie like his like rough edges are completely sanded he is a totally fun chill dude who like he's like oh yeah these ants from a thousand years in the future came to help us i love it <laughs> i love ants you read you read my book Every goddamn word. That's so good. He is he's like the secret MVP. Like because Michael Douglas finally gets to have like just just be fun. Like more of the Ant Man two version. Just more of that. I love it. I loved Michael Douglas throughout this entire movie. I have there's no negative. There's a line. I literally, literally, any negatives I can have about this movie are never lobbied at Michael Douglas. Um, never. But like. He he has the, he has a moment where he's where he's like talking to the scientists like he was always theorized that there'd be people down here look at all these people and holy shit that guy looks like a piece of broccoli. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like that. On, on our walk to the car, that was like Fanny's favorite line. When we were broccoli. like, "Holy shit, that guy looks like broccoli." Uh, my, Michael Douglas does, has a lot of funny lines that I just I I love. This does. Yeah feel like a rick and morty episode and that's not a bad thing i'm not saying that's a negative but this being jeff loveness who wrote who wrote a bunch of rick and morty he also was a comic writer but like rick and morty get transported to an alternate dimension and they meet goo people and i'm like i've seen this episode i, I will yeah. say most specifically in the probability seeing the baskin robbins scott yeah that felt like a rick and morty <laughs> gag yeah like it was funny it's yeah at first and then like it got in the way I, of the seriousness like more, he shows up two more times and i'm like this feels like rick and morty this yeah, feels right. like we're hitting the joke more times like the, than we should again like i these are things i find funny like the the don't be a dick stuff with modok which we'll get to modok who i love yeah. uh uh that like all like the holes thing really felt like rick and morty but again i I think that's really funny. I think Jeff Loveness God, is a, that was a great joke. I think Jeff Loveness is a really funny writer. Um, I'm curious about him like writing big movie scripts like this. Because um, if he's like, because like Michael Waldron, who did Multiverse of Madness, is writing one of the Secret Wars or Secret King Wars, Dynasty. Secret Wars, yeah. And then like, and then King Dynasty. He's doing like, King Dynasty. Loveness is writing King Dynasty. Yeah. So like. He's got a good voice for Kevin. He's got a good voice. I'm I wonder if it's more the director. Like I'm wondering like what what if it's a writer or the director that just made me not totally love this movie. Because like I also think honestly, visually, I don't I never have this problem. I think this movie's really dark. I don't think like I know they wanted a different aesthetic from like Guardians of the Galaxy. You're doing like a different type of Star Wars thing. But like it feels like they filmed half the shit in the closet sometimes. I just don't understand. I didn't I I feel that way often, but I didn't feel that way in this film. Yeah, I, I, it's like there's a certain shots, like specifically, like like people are talking. It's like there's no lighting here. 
there's just no lighting here and it's not a big yeah. it's not like a big deal but it's like i i really noticed it like it's not vibrant like i thought I, the movie would be i will say though that the, the section of it that got to me in that regard is the some of some of the early flashback stuff with janet and okay, yeah, um sure. yeah. kang yeah before before they get closer to fixing the chair it's very dark there and i feel like a lot of it is to hide some of the de-aging effect on michelle pfeiffer mm. and i get it but like it was very dark to the point where i'm like you need some you need some reflective lighting here like this is just this is darker than it needs to be it's not the whole movie but it's definitely like i can tell you the, the, this was not this i mean this is the most of this is film on green screen volume stuff so like you know yeah lighting is is what it the, is about. there's only a couple this is actually one of the few times re that i can remember recently of someone utilizing the volume well because i think there's i think the opening flashback that sparks talks about uh is the is kind of the biggest event for two for two reasons one which is what, what ryan is talking about which is the lighting issue which i do think is probably in that scene specifically um but also this is the only time where i felt the volume and i didn't feel that way in the other times where the volume was clearly present and i, I was really impressed by that because i felt it a lot in thor love and thunder and i feel mm -hmm. it a lot in mandalorian and obi-wan um so like it, it 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 has happened before and i thought peyton reed used the volume in a really interesting way for this for this one yeah uh, i would say like 95 percent of the time it works like there there are definitely a few shots where i'm like it, it just looks like you're on a green screen and there's only yeah. so much you can do when you're doing something like a movie like this and like you're all muted colors on a muted background <laughs> like with not a lot of lighting like it's all gonna kind of blend together after a while uh just while we're talking about the opening did it strike anybody else as a little odd maybe i'm just a freak um super freak i i think about editing so it's not surprising but like wasn't it weird that we had the marvel studios intro the flashback then to modern day with scott i'm like why didn't we do that tiny tiny flashback then the intro then the modern day with scott that's usually what we do with these marvel movies and i would get it if the scene were longer but it's only like a minute oh that's true that yeah. we're with janet hmm. and kang and i'm like why wasn't that the opening of the movie that is interesting i didn't I think about, about it. that that is weird i mean i'm a weirdo and i think about things no like but that, it is but like but it's not consistent with what they always do which it is, totally felt weird. Like yeah. once we got out of the intro, I thought, oh, we're gonna be in this Kang and Janet scene for a bit then. Yeah. And yeah. then we weren't, and then we jumped to modern day, and I'm like, Isn't why, it like it goes from black? Why wasn't yeah. why wasn't Kang's last line of like, what is this place? And then Marvel da -da 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 -da. Studios intro da -da -da -da. into the music, the happy music with Scott's narration, that the order that felt so jarring. Maybe I, I don't think it's a good choice, but maybe the, it was to be jarring because it goes like from black to it's me, I'm Scott. But like that's not. A, it didn't work. I, I don't it think that's land. a good choice. If that was the intention. It yeah. didn't land. I think it's to lighten the mood. It's to make it funny. Like I think a lot of like the jokes in this just ruin the pacing of the the story. Sure, that's and that's like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like they replaced a lot of the jokes to create, uh, or replaced a lot of the story with jokes, and it just like it breaks up moments. And like that would be one of those. Is like this? Hey. Da, 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 da. And it's like, but you just created this like kind of dark, like setup, and so that right, just because happened. like because yeah. like when you put it, if you put it before the Marvel Studios intro, we're spending too much time on this. But if you put it before <laughs> the Marvel Studios intro, and Kang says that, that's really for the audience that already knows him from Loki, right? Then it's supposed to be like, oh, what's this Marvel Studios intro? You're invested, yeah? Prologue, okay, Scott Lang. That's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. weirded me yeah. out. I thought it was a bad cut. Can we talk about our big face boy? Darren Cross. He's not a dick. I love him. Died 
an Avenger. I love him so much, and I think this is so funny because I know Marty doesn't. <laughs> That's fair. Really? Here's the thing. Modoc is <laughs> he's not a character that any like he he's he's a he's a big face man. That's as much as you need to know. He had a TV show that people really like. There's a lot of great miniseries, but like Modoc is a dumb villain, <clears throat> right? Um if you don't like him, that's fair. People think he's gross. Some people don't think he's gross enough. Like the the opinions on Modoc are all over the place. It's really my funny. Wife, my wife didn't like looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. People want him uglier, like the comics. And I'm like, is he not ugly enough? What are you talking about? He's a big face man. Sorry, Corey Stone. Sorry. Listen, that dude's <laughs> handsome. I think it's inspired that it was Darren Cross as Modoc. Yeah. Honestly, um, it created a really fun villain, in my opinion, for Cassie to deal with. Um, this kind of like personal villain that traumatized her when she was younger. Yeah. Um, and then confronting her. I, I really liked Modoc in this movie. And I and I, I, I thought he was a lot of fun. I, I thought he was very funny. Um, I, I think he looks so, so uncomfortable and as he should, in my opinion. I think Modoc should look that uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh he he he's exactly who it, if I had one complaint and it's not even a big like I it doesn't bother me. Like I wish he survived, but we live in a multiverse where I bet Kang has a Modoc in every universe. Because why wouldn't you? Also, like Modoc isn't Corey Stoll or uh, uh, Darren Cross. So like there could be at the real Modoc still in our world. Like, you know, all this is pull a Mandarin. Pull a Mandarin. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like the idea. I think it's so smart to, for it to have been Darren Cross because of the way he died that like collapsing in on himself, the idea that he collapsed completely into the, like into the helmet, into the head and, yeah. and with the, the, the tiny limbs, I was like, this, tiny you know booty. this makes more sense than most explanations you can make for why Modoc looks like Modoc. So like, I'm into it. This yeah. works for me. Yeah. Um, and I liked it being a personal history for Scott and Cassie and, and all that, like the full circle of it lands. Uh, I, I think my only thing about it is that I kind of wish Modoc were more of the prominent, not necessarily antagonist, but like more prominent mm -hmm. as, uh, as an adversary to the Ant-Man family in this film. And Kang were a little bit more of a backseat outside of with Janet so that this movie doesn't feel so absolutely like it's forcing Kang down your throat. What if I told you, Sparks Witty, that that was the original plan? I mean, I'm sure that's true. Modoc was the original big bad, and Kang was kind of like the mastermind trying to get out from the, the, the Wizard of Oz. Um, and they were like, what if we made it a big Avengers movie? And I'm like, okay. Uh, Kang's still cool. Like I'm, I'm I love, glad I, I love Modoc's tiny booty. God, I can't believe we saw his little butt. So <laughs> what a what a stupid. I I truly cannot believe we are we are 31 movies in 40 pro whatever it is. And we something. we got big head Modoc. I can't believe it. And there are people online who are like, he's not perfect like the comics. I'm like, shut your mouth. Who cares? <laughs> I think because I've I've I'm sure I've talked about this before and I hope I don't throw us into a rabbit hole, but I think we get a, a prominent butt shot in every phase, at least one. Sure. Um, two of them have been Thor. Uh, one in Thor and one in Thor Love and Thunder. Ragnarok has the Hulk's butt. Sure. Th this one has Modok's butt. I'm trying to remember any more butt shots. I probably shouldn't. It's weird. That's all you need to know. But uh, anyway. yeah, no, I like I like the setup. I like him being there. All the reasons why he's there. That's great. But like, and they make him sound like he's gonna be this super scary thing. Yeah, the hunter. Oh no, the hunter. The hunter's terrible. And then the hunter's a joke. And it's like, why? Why are you guys afraid of this joke? He's a joke. Yeah, there's That's so interesting about him. A 16 year old girl who doesn't know how to fight can beat him. Well, like, there's nothing 
like did you because was, the, the point of, like i oh go ahead no so i'm curious because like he is a joke the point is, is he is a joke but, like like it, the point that that a 16 year old girl can kick his ass is like like yeah because he's a big face he's, he's dumb but then everybody else who's afraid of him who has lost oh sure okay sure, sure, sure. they are all now jokes too i'll tell you what Here, here's mm. Here's my my bullshit reasoning is he wears a mask the whole time. So sure. so the the quantum realm people don't know he's Darren Cross. He has he can probably kill regular people that aren't superheroes pretty easily with his laser beams and like attacks and whatever and, and buzz saws. Mm. Uh so Scott and, and Cassie know he's a joke because they know who Darren Cross is and they know he's turned into this thing. So I think everybody else doesn't know he's a joke. But the yellow jacket wasn't a joke either. Like when he was yellow jacket, mm -hmm. he was frightening. It's true. That was some creepy ass stuff. That's true. Yeah. So like now all of a sudden he's just and I like I get that Modoc is like he's kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of like silly. I get that, but like how they set him up and then what they did with him sure. is that he was just a gag. Yeah. And that's all it was. He is he is more of a gag than a character. And I that that is, I will give like people who are mad about like he's just a one-note villain. Like I will give you credit. Like there could have been a more compelling version of Modoc in this movie. But like he's not a character I'm gonna go up to bat for like I would like a taskmaster to be honest. Like sure. he's not he's not like a Black Panther villain. He's a dude with a big head like you want to you want pathos modok watch the Patton oswald show you know what i mean like mostly in the comics he's a big asshole well but That's even in the Patton oswald even the Patton oswald show is the point is that he's also a joke in that yeah yeah and he's like he's trying to get taken seriously but and I, stuff but i get what marty means because it's like he's not introduced that way and certainly not from the perspective of like this is more a problem with me that i have with like the quantum realm people that you're referring to because like I think they're just kind of distracting. Yeah. I get having them. I get having, like, Kang has to have someone to conquer. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, like, but I'm, I'm like, we're spending time with with these characters, but we're not investing in these characters. Like, I didn't mind the initial setup of them, but, like, the fact that we come back to them for the Rebellion and give a lot of time to them, I'm like, this is time that should go to other We characters. spend a lot of time. We're just not spending it. Like, yeah, the only thing I found truly valuable is, like, Cassie freeing the girl, because I'm like, this makes sense, because Cassie can't just, like, go start all this on her own yeah mm -hmm. but then that we're cutting away so often to like you know talented actors who i really like like uh the actor who plays chidi on yeah. the good place and stuff like that but it's oh. not like they have a lot to do in a lot of the scenes we're cutting to she might like might as well not even have been in the movie like whether he's like a famous actor or not like that character a lot of the quantum people like he has two of my favorite jokes I will say that. Okay, that's fair. Because he, he has the he has the seven holes joke, which is is really okay. Funny. That's fair. That and he has the and he has the he does have the one that I liked, which is where they read the guard the the guards like I'll never tell, and then he reads his mind, and he's like, "It's this." And he's like, "Well, shit." Okay, that's <laughs> all right. All right. Are the guards sentient? Are they like do the they, robots? Do, right, they're robots. The robots. So how does he read a robot's mind? That's a good question. Robots he has, have brains. Do they? Cyb no cyborgs have brains. I mean, like, like do, a computer do brain. robots. Do they? Right. Well, here's or, the thing. Or 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 they could be people that in that freely enlisted with Kang. Like when Kang was conquering, he they those people. That's just their uniform. They just have a voice modulator or something. Here's yeah, the thing: the movie doesn't clarify any yeah. of this, so all these answers are potentially true. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see anyone under those under those helmets, and I could have swore true, at one point somebody said he's robotic army, but I could be, you know, conflating stuff. Who know. knows? Yeah. Any more? Any more? Uh, any more uh, positive, Brandon? I know you. You haven't said a lot. Uh, let's see. Um, 
I, I enjoy the humor in this movie quite a bit. I know uh, that rubbed against Marty a little bit. Actually, for much of the same reason why the Thor Love and Thunder humor isn't working for me these days. Uh, but I don't, so I don't, I'm not sure what the difference is here outside of maybe I just find the, find the, the sense of humor, uh, Jeff Loveness's sense of humor more appealing than Taika Waititi's at, at this point in my life. But um, I think that uh, most, if not all, the jokes landed for me. There's the um, there's uh, the, there's so many things with Hank that I, that I that I mentioned already. But there's um, there's a few more that I, I thought about. But it, it doesn't matter. I don't need to list them. Um, yeah, I just I just thought this was um, oh I wrote it down because I liked it so much. Um, thank goodness I looked at my notes. It's when when they're talking about the buildings and 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 the the quantum people and the, and and they're like, are your buildings are alive? <gasps> Are your buildings dead? <laughs> that, I just was good. that was really funny. That was um, very good, but that was me. Yeah, I, just, uh, I, I, love, I, like the, I like the humor. I love that. I love that finale. I think, like, uh, generally, like third act. Like, I always get worried with these did, big third acts. But did you guys catch the part where one of the living buildings was holding? <laughs> yes, another yeah. living building. Oh yeah, it was like mm-hmm. the third not. act. Mm. Third act of not just you know uh, the 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 rebels coming and the, and all the ships, the living ships, but the the army that got sent at got sent in a different tunnel that came a thousand years before them, who has an entire civilization, and they're like the elves in in uh, the two towers. Love it. So ridiculous. People, some people are really mad that Kane got beat up by a bunch of ants, and I'm like, y'all, that's just fun. That's, that's such a good moment. Fun. That's such a good moment because it's it's you know I kept thinking to myself, how are there going to be ants in this movie that they we're going to the quantum realm? And then when I saw the ant the ant farm get taken, I was like, oh okay, that, that's how. But making it so cool of like, and then seeing the ants go through the time tunnel for a thousand years and expanding their knowledge is so funny. Um, but the only like like Kang doesn't give a shit about Scott. Like there, here's Scott Lang, Ant Man. Who cares about Scott Lang, Ant Man? You talk mm-hmm. to ants. You're not going to do anything. And like, you, so I'm not going to be beaten by a guy who talks to ants. And then these giant ants come in. It's such a triumphant and solid moment to to, to like end this kind of like idea that Ant Man is this worthless hero. You know, it's kind of you know back what it's like. It reminds me a lot of like back when Aquaman, like they were saying, like, oh, Aquaman talks to fish, and like he summons like a giant kraken and a shark, and it's like that. That's what he does. The part where the ants come to to beat the shit out of King, I felt like it was like a surprise mother effort moment, like yes. where there's because he straight says, "All oh, you you just talk to ants. I've killed thousands of Avengers before, and you just talk to oh, what's that? And it's just a giant." army of ants michael douglas swaggers in like only michael douglas can and i was like yeah baby that's cool if if i may real quick like it's it's like the best i think like it's also this isn't a slide on you by the way marty i think a a lot of where you've landed is valid i just don't always agree but i think it is a lot of like if you read the comics a lot when you get to a more comedic comic something that would be like ant-man or something like that and they bring in a heavy hitter like kang usually part of the humor is the fact that like it's this person who's normally so seriously taken kind of being foiled by dumb shit and also being like how am i being foiled by dumb shit yeah because like part of it is the ants overwhelming him but it's also like that he didn't see modok betraying him in that moment coming and slamming into the force field and saying my name is darren and i'm not a dick and kang just being like are you what is happening and just literally he kills him instantly (laughs) like yeah uh, I got a great, great quote from one of the Kang comics I was reading, and this is like this is like the ethos of Kang and why he gets defeated all the time. Uh, this is after he he won, uh, right? 
At last, I was not guilty of underestimating my foe. Too often in the past, I have left my, my let my contempt for the other beings blind me to these Avengers. Because he hates so much, and he doesn't think that Scott Lang can kick his ass. So when it does happen, it does happen. Well, the other thing that I value about it that I disagree with, like, people bouncing off of Kang being beaten in this way, is that, like, Kang doesn't get beaten in that way. Kang comes back and almost gets through the portal and fights Scott, physically beating the shit out of Scott. And he says, like, you can't win this, Scott. You can't physically beat me. Yeah. And Scott says, I don't have to beat you. We both just have to lose. And is willing to sacrifice what he has to stop Kang. And that's the only part that's important about that is, like, you're right. Toe-to-toe, Ant-Man can't beat Kang, but he can prevent him from achieving his goal. True. Exactly. True, true, true. And I think that's the only part that's important about that. And yeah. so it's like, it's not about a like, Ant-Man isn't stronger than Kang now. There's nothing in this movie that says that. What it does say is that Ant-Man is, under the right circumstances, able to do enough, to sacrifice enough, to push Kang away from his goal. And yeah. Kang is at such an elevated level of, like, being, like, you know, he mul like, multiverse, time travel, all that shit, right? Mm. Like, he does not think that a dude who who talks to ants is going to be able to do anything to him, and and so so when it happens, like there's nothing he can do about it because he can't he, he cannot expect a thousand year old uh, a technologically advanced <laughs> army of ants <laughs> out of nowhere. No, he, nobody yeah. expects the Spanish Inquisition. You know, sure. like, I also like that hope comes back for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. Um, the original ending that did not test well was that Scott and Hope got left in the quantum realm. Yeah, which I it, it feels and like that should have been the ending. That should have been the ending. The random portal that just shows up. Right? But here's okay, the thing. Here's job, here's why I do like it because it because Cassie's line when she's initially talking about it, if I had this, I could have saved you from the quantum realm earlier. Oh, so okay. she is mm -hmm. she built that literally to save her dad. In two so seconds, so it is a full circle thing. <laughs> I still think it would have been a more satisfying ending if Scott sacrifice was like meant what something. Do you, what do you mean, Mag? Sorry, Mag's comment. Still wonder what Jimmy Woo was doing with Scott in the beginning. He was going to a restaurant and eating with him. Don't you remember the joke in Ant-Man and the Wasp? He was that having they were dinner. Go have dinner. Yeah. Where would we even go? Magic. Are. Magic. Okay. So since we brought that up, it seems a little silly to me. I get the Baskin Robbins joke guy. But the fact that we brought him back twice, we do a second gag with him at the end of the movie. And not the but homies. We can't have Michael Pena in this movie. The homies. Yeah. What? The homies. What? Shut not, up. Not even... Or Judy Greer at the birthday? Not even a reference. Yeah. Not even a line about like, oh, I I wish I wish our friends were here. Nothing. That's just like, what do... Like, I don't blame that on Jeff Loveness. I do blame Peyton Reed, the guy who's made these other two movies. Like, why don't you include the homies? I don't get it. I agree with Sparks in the sense of the birthday scene, because... You know, there's no room for them in this movie. Like realistically, you could have probably replaced Randall Park with uh, Michael Pena and the and the montage in the beginning, but that's really the only place that they can be. Um, and just, anything. And then, just imply that like mm. Scott helped them make that business successful. I, I like one shot is enough to at least like keep them in mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, so when we get to the birthday at the end, I was really confused why at least Judy Greer wasn't there because, and like, I get like the joke that it's not her, her actual, her actual birthday, but like still like that's, that feels like that that's where you put those characters. Cause again, they don't, it's not like you're bringing them to the quantum realm. That's not this movie. Like, but you right. can't, you can have them at the end there for a cameo at least. Yeah. It just, for me, that feels like something where like, 
there's an amount, there is an amount of like these decisions, some of the things that I'm rubbing up against that we're talking about and things like not having Michael Pena's character reference in this film and everything where I'm like, I feel like this Ant-Man film wasn't made for the people who were fans of the first two. Uh, no, 100%. No, because here's the thing, like as much as we like the Ant-Man movies, those movies don't make a jillion dollars. Like they, for regular people, they just don't, but like King, they just underestimate Scott. Like they, because he's not an Avenger, he's not he like he he's not he's even his movie is not even worth watching. And that's an, that's an unfortunate like, a reality of how people feel about like certain movies and characters. They don't give characters chances. Um, well, that's, which is that, still just silly when you consider it's Paul Rudd. I know. <laughs> I know. That's that's weird to me. Like I I I agree. Like I think this movie for the most part is built for people who 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 didn't go see the, the two Ant-Man films. I felt that way when I was looking at the marketing. Like there's a sense that like, they're trying to be like, this is the Ant-Man movie. You haven't seen the first two. This is the one. Go see this one, please. Yeah. And, and like, I get it. I really like the first two Ant-Man movies. So I kind of wish this adhered more to what I liked about them. But there's also like, people don't like those Ant-Man movies. People don't like this Ant-Man movie. Yeah. So who's, so like, wins. But that's all the that's all the more thing where like I feel like character arcs or decisions like yes there are these joke references like we reference with Jimmy Woo like we reference with the Baskin Robbins thing that are there and like certainly they are acknowledging the history of these movies existing but I don't feel like it's carrying over a lot of the core of how these characters interacted with each other not a not a lot it yeah. is there but it's not as much as i want it to be for a third ant-man movie like him calling his daughter peanut like in the middle of a big oh, battle that finally yeah. felt good yeah. it took a long time to get there yeah and like that is the thing that like i think only people who've watched the other Ant-Man movies would like would appreciate right so like you know those moments are there but like it's this definitely felt like not like a soft reboot of any sense but like you don't really have to worry about those other movies if you go go home and watch legends on disney plus watch endgame and then you're good yeah but that said, now that said, a lot. I was really concerned going into this movie that everything I love about the first two Ant Man films won't be present in there. I have to admit that I did feel the enough of that kind of emotionality between Scott and Cassie to carry this movie for me. That to me was there, and that is part of the heart of of the Ant Man films that I do appreciate. And I was glad that that at least carried over. And that was for for me. Uh, honestly enough at this point in my life anyway who knows what i'll feel like next month i that's true uh <laughs> i think i think for me it's not even that i don't think it's there it's that it feels like there should have been more like there was a better version of telling the story again i think a key part of it is where is hope yeah um that hope is just in like the opposite part of the story from what she should be. And I think that would have done a lot to make me feel more like we're doing the right beats and it would have altered Scott and Cassie, but I think in a good way. Um, and it's more me like not saying, Oh, I didn't enjoy this movie. I really did enjoy this movie. I had a great time. It's ranked in the high middle of, of all my MCUs. Like I, I do enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I think that I see like wasted potential in it for the opportunities that were present. Um, we haven't said a lot about it, but I do want to spotlight that I think Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent in this movie. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I wanted, agree. I, I man, I so wanted the truth to be that her and King had a kid, and that's who Iron Lad is, and that's a big, that's the big secret that she didn't want to tell anybody. It could still come. It could still come, but I highly doubt it. Um, uh, yeah, she is great, and like again, the stuff with her and Hope, I wish was like better because it's just her like nag them like nagging about why won't her mom tell her things. <laughs> Uh, while her, her and her husband are having a great time. Love them together. Couldn't be happier. Um, um, 
I wanted to talk a little bit about because you guys mentioned it before while I was having my coughing fit. Um, I do. I do really like the imagination in this movie. I think this movie is really imaginative. I really appreciate how not even like I wouldn't even go so far as to say the quantum realm is well thought out. I just really kind of like the imagination on display that there are so many so many cool and interesting monsters and some cool and interesting. Uh, I, I like the ship designs of the quantum realm. I think the realm itself looks really interesting and, and visual. I, I was really for me personally, I actually really like the vibrancy and the colors. Um, there's so many like bright blues, uh, even like dark blues, but like there's so many interesting um, kind of kind of like. Uh, warm coloring in the and and in, in the quantum realm that you don't often get with 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 the Ant Man films or the MCU in general, um, and I, I appreciated that. And once again, I really like the imagination of all the characters. Well, that said, that also brought me to a negative, which I don't like Ant Man's suit. I don't like Ant Man and Wasp's new suit. I think it. I think it's too busy. Oh, I like Wasp's new suit. I, I like Wasp. I like. I like the color of Wasp's suit. I'm glad it's more like bright bright yellow but there's too many busy black lines going around and both of their suits for me i will only push back on hopes because i agree with you about ant-man's i think ant-man's did look busier this time than it needed to the reason hopes works for me is because it looks like a wasp like Mm -hmm. having the many black lines lands for me so that didn't actually bother me sure i get it but like for me it worked yeah um, but yeah, I, that's just the end of my point. Like, I really, really, that's also the end of my notes. I really like the imagination in the movie. I mean, actually, it looks less like a wasp and more like a yellow jacket, but that's neither here nor there. <gasps> Darren, uh, yellow jacket's I, dead. I also yeah, <laughs> he, he died on Avenger. He died in Avenger. I always considered you a god, brother, Scott. That is so funny. <laughs> oh my god. I know you hate it, Marty. I think it's really funny. It's I, I, get, I get the joke. It's yeah, funny. Yeah. I get the funny joke. Just not for you. I just. No, yeah. He, hey, Humor, humor is different for everyone. No, like I laughed. I it was great. It was just one of those things where like I didn't want him to be as like much of a joke as they made him out. That's fair. I will say I will say I wish that they'd done a little bit more with like the moment they only kind of like give you a brief glimpse of where Kang like shoves him up against the wall and says, "Don't talk in my presence." Yeah, his star, his star screen like, moment looks at him as less than everything else, and like I wish that was baked in a tiny bit more. Yeah, to kind of a sign like like the way Darren views himself is informed by the way that Kang treats him. Yeah, right. But like, ah, like the whole "don't be a dick" thing. Like he is a dick, and he should always be a dick. That's just what he is. And I don't know. The whole I don't like. Think- him trying to redeem himself like he didn't need to be redeemed because he's just is a terrible person this this and they don't think he's not a terrible person him doing that right thing once they're like well you're still kind of awful yeah but he's dying (laughs) i do think i do think (laughs) they're even looking at him like devil's still kind of awful devil's advocate to your point i do think that like again a little bit more of that kang relationship would have informed like sure what has darren like what has Darren become like look at everything he lost turning into this this version of himself in the quantum realm and now he's treated as less than human by Kang uh all the time and he's done that for 20 years mm-hmm. or or like whatever amount of time sorry not 20 years but like whatever amount of time it has been in the quantum in the realm, quantum realm that he's that, been here yeah. sure right and if that had been more there I think it earns more the sense of like Darren uh being able to be like what i think works is cassie when she slams darren into the ground he's like come on back what are you doing and she's like dude like what 
are you doing? Yeah. That yeah. part works for me. Maybe not like I get what you're saying about like the redemption and everything. And I do think like more of the Kang relationship stuff would have helped that. But her coming back at him like, dude, like what what even is this? Like what what's the and what's the goal here, man? What do you get out of this now? It's like the and he's just yeah. like, I don't I don't know how to be anything else. This is all I know how to be. This is kind of fair if you take it in the the message of like, this is what Kang can turn people into. It does make Kang like more intimidating and sinister and dark and cruel in his own way. I wish they leaned on that harder. Yeah. But like, I think if you are allowing yourself to pontificate on that idea, that really works for me. This idea of like what he was reduced to in the eyes of Kang. Yeah. Also, like the final line after he dies, is like, and Scott's like, "Man, what a day!" Just <laughs> like this guy just dies in front of him, an Avenger, his old nemesis, now like, a big head man. <laughs> like Darren, not even thinking of himself as Darren anymore. I do like it's He's fun. It's it's yeah. funny, but it's also like sad. it's sad because it's like you know Scott trying to reach him on the radio, and he's like Modoc, and he's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And like, <laughs> "Yeah, what's up?" <laughs> he's he's so consumed by what. Kang has turned him into. He's got to live that life. His identity is this is what he's become. He is only important in the context of what he does. Because what 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 else is he gonna do? He'll just die if he fights Kang. Like this is he's 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 a little jester man, big fat jester man. Um, I agree with you about like you know little too little too much on the jokey when like compared to the the intimidation he's supposed to mean to the people who live there. Mm. Yeah, Brian, I wanted to go ahead talk about what you were saying about the world. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to go back to that because I thought that was the world and just how, like how it's kind of like on a cellular level mm-hmm. and everything is like living and like even like putting your arms <gasps> in the ship. Oh, I love the goo like, arms. Even like eating the food, all the food is still living yeah. and alive. And it's just like you're eating that weird octopus calamari thing. Oh, yeah. And it's just like everything about it. It's like the only reason why you can like beat these things is because you're bigger than these things yeah and i, I just thought right. that like whole everything is alive it's a really cool. it's a good it's a good moment to remember the like that's not a sun and then like toss the sun and it, yeah. it gets absorbed by another thing that you comes know, after them you know what movie this Always reminds me fish. of boy howdy Ooh. disney's strange world about a group of uh three generations of explorers going to an unknown world where things are alive inside mm. of it crazy ah, people didn't like that movie either and they're also wrong i really um I, I really liked in the beginning um, how Cassie calls Hank grandpa. Um, I think you guys mentioned that while it was gone. But uh, the um, the line that I also really like is when he when he you know uh, makes the pizza big. And he's just just saved eight bucks, and Scott's like, I admire you. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's really good character comedy between them for sure. Yeah, um, I just think Michael Douglas is. I just I really like him in the Ant Man movies. Anyway, I really I, I think he's really great in them. Surprisingly, so he could just walk. He sleepwalk through these movies, um, but yeah. like he he doesn't. He like turns in some really fun and and kind of like um, freeing performances. He's not doing a lot, but what he's doing is really fun and really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do you guys think this is the last Ant Man movie? No. I hope not. It's not the highest opening out of all the MN movies, but it's also more expensive than the other MN movies. So I don't think it's the last one. I think they'll keep like I I, I think that they like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I think they do want to keep doing that. I'm just saying, can you imagine an Ant-Man 4 where it's Ant-Man and Stature and they do the world high work and it's just him fighting like a bug kaiju monster? Like it's still small enough scale, but big and fun. Come on. I'm for that. Yeah, I, wish. I, wish. I wish that's what yeah. uh let's talk about the post credit scene. Uh, I, I actually want to touch on the ending. I do really like Scott 
internal narration when he comes back and he's like, I mean, we beat him, right? Right? Yeah. Like, we got him. Did we not get him? Did I screw up? <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. It's fine. Nothing bad's going to happen. It, it is going to be funny watching this movie in like 20 years, like just watching it on its own. Like, oh yeah, this. I guess I got to watch whatever this is leading into or whatever. Because like <laughs> the bad guy that we just beat shows up in the next thing you'll watch or whatever. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, so, post credits? Oh my gosh, let's talk about the uh, Council of Kings. Did anyone want to say anything about Bill Murray? He's in, he's in the movie. He's in the movie. He's I liked movie. it. I he, thought it was great. Yeah, he's funny. He's, he's her ex-lover. They fought in revolutions. Like, yeah. That's, he's, he's, he's a fun addition. I will never think about it ever again. He's so good at being a terrible person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of wish they would have bridged, like, between him and the MODOK stuff, like how Kang treats people. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was room to... Not that you need to be more of the movie necessarily, but like just yeah. fill in some gaps there in the scene because he he kind of does he like walks up to the line of like you know you, you know what you left us with kind of thing, but like he's still serving. I think you thing. you definitely get the vibes, right? Yeah, like I like it would have been. I see what you're saying, but I think we got enough like just how he acts and how like I'm the more, Lord. I want more than the vibes. Sure, I want I want more. You rich. want substance? I want substance. Yeah, I don't think he deserved to get eaten by that calamari though. Sorry, last last thing before post credits is I also just really like Scott coming in gigantic as heck and uh Modoc being like, that's big. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> him coming right at it and Kate being like, oh my god, take him down. I I thought the when they're both big moment was funny. Like we're both you're big too. Like that's stupid shit, but I thought it was funny. I wish they were still getting shot at. Oh, sure. I, like everything just stopped. It was done. And they had their moment, but I wished it like you would see like little pew pew pews <laughs> going at them. That would have been good. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Sure. Yeah. Post credit uh, time. So post credit scene introduces many, 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 many Jonathan Majors as as Kang's variants. We get Immortus and Ramatut in the beginning. Um, and then some other guy. So the all all the Kang spurts online are speculating. It's not Red Centurion because we see him in the in the gladiatory arena. You see a big red dude. Um, people are speculating that that's Kitty Mortis, who is an evil version of Iron Lad. Um, it could just be a random king, but like it is weird that you have like the ones from the comics. You have Ramatel, you have Immortus, and then you just have a rando. So he's probably someone they just, they give him a really weird design. So we don't know. Um, I read a lot of King comics. So you guys go first. So I feel like I know what's happening. Like I, I know, I feel like I know like the trajectory of shit like, that's going to go on. I want to hear you guys. So, talk about it first. so when King gets sucked into his, uh, to the engine, I thought, okay, so he's probably just getting time warped. He's not dying. But then when in the post-grad scene, when they say, so he's dead, you goof. It's like, they didn't kill. It's like these other people killed him. And I'm just, you must be bummed. You didn't get it. I was like, okay, so he is dead. We are going to get a different King as like the is he? true. Is he dead? Well, these kings certainly think so. These kings think so. So I'm going they off the word so. of these kings. We have another. We have another post credit scene to talk about as well. But that's a different yeah, king. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced yet. Yeah. No, because uh, going from the comics, Kang gets defeated by the Avengers, gets sent back in time to 1901, finds timely Wisconsin, creates the TVA, all that shit. Um, mm. So unless this is a different king i don't think here's my big brain theory i don't think you're in i don't think they're introducing king the conqueror the one that we just saw in this movie to be our big bad 
he is the king that will become a good person. He's he will be the king that helps the Avengers because he will become Victor Timely. He will help them stop Immortus and all them. Um, I read like thirty issues of the King, so this is all in my brain. This is all think, a bunch of nonsense. Do you think he's the king who creates the TVA in Loki? Yes. Okay, got it. Yes, because because so, Loki specifically is like. He's like that's I mean, that's the meanest guy. That I've would ever track. Met. That would track a lot of trajectory. If like you look at this like in hindsight as the origin story for the Kang who runs the TVA that we're gonna see in Loki season two, I could buy that. And it's yeah, not Loki, but... not the Loki at or not the King at the end. No, no, no. It would be. Universe. It would be like like what they're that's the same they're all no because like because like where where Loki and Owen Wilson are at the we're going to the other post credit scene, but where they are in the other post credit scene, they've gone back in time to like he lives in the in the TVA the king that that king created and he's taking Owen Wilson back in time to, to show him the to origins. show him the origin of that guy but he in Ryan's theory could potentially have spilled out to that moment in time from this movie that's just speculation. So, like when he gets yeah, sucked into yeah. the world engine spills out to the victory timely period where he becomes that person okay. so like that we're we're kind of getting a kind of through line in through uh the midst of all the Kang chaos. And and this could Victor Timely could absolutely just be another Kang, but I think I think they have a really good trajectory and they have a really cool thing where they can have a good Kang on their Avengers team. And I so, think the more Jonathan Majors the better. So my my only my only counter to that, because like I don't know, we nobody knows what's going to happen in the no. next in Loki season two or wherever Kang goes. My only thing about that is Timely doesn't have the scars. Yeah. Uh, and That's this true. king does when he die when he dies. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, I uh, I just I I truly cannot believe that we not that we didn't just get we got Immortus and we got Ramata, but we got like a thousand kings. We got like the 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 what's the last Star Wars movie called? I keep Rise Rise of Skywalker. We got like that mm -hmm. Sith Temple, but it's all kings. Like again, that is just right from the comics, and that is truly bananas. Um. More Jonathan Majors, more better. Yeah. Um, Immortus is like, is I don't know what they're going to do with, for the King Dynasty, but in the comics, Immortus is the big bad king. He is the king at the end of the world. Um, and he was using King the Conqueror to destroy other timelines for his own purposes. So Immortus would always become Immortus. Um, so like, there's so much bullshit that, the, that they're probably going to do that like, you know, it's all fun speculation. I don't know. Who knew though? Loki season two could just wipe all this all this out of the water. They could do really anything with Kang. I mean, they could theoretically make it so that Jonathan Majors always plays a different version of Kang every single appearance until Kang Dynasty, which could just be him playing five different versions of Kang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's man. That post credit scene is so crazy, y'all. I, I I just can't believe because they didn't just show like they didn't just show all the same versions of Kang. Like they showed they showed Mister Griffin who is the king from the 2018 run who bought Avengers Tower. And if you watch Loki, it's the Avengers Tower in the in that realm has King Tower on it. So like this is all, all this King stuff is like is happening and like it's, it's all setting up and like he, it, it could have been Wilson Fitz, could have been Baxter Building, but like it could have been Kang, could have been Mr. Griffin Kang to who bought that tower. Like all this is is in the air. Like it's almost impossible to speculate because they've, they've done the comics and the comics are batshit crazy. Um, it was really wild being in that theater, hearing him talk like this. And I'm like, what are you doing with your accent? And then he's a pharaoh man. And then he's like an alien man. I'm so glad we saw him on the time. Yeah. Like, the, the thing that baffles me, I'm just going to talk about some Kang lore real quick because we're here and I'm just thinking about it. Like, Rama Tut was introduced 
but he wasn't Kang originally. He was retcon. Immortus was introduced as an Avengers villain, and he wasn't Kang until he was retcon like a decade later. Like all of these villains became Kang years later because they were not cool enough to be on their own. And the fact that they're introducing them all at once is so wild and fascinating because like they they could have done a fantastic Fantastic Four is, is Ramata's first appearance. They could have made a Fantastic Four movie where this guy was the villain. So but they, like, and they that's the thing. Like this could be the like. I'm just, it's so crazy. This is probably like the wildest post credit scene we've ever had. Uh, just because like the, the, the limitations are like, are, are limitless. They could do anything. I don't even know what to think. I really like the, the line that he says, that Immortus says when he's like, they're beginning to touch us. Like they're, like the, the MCU is starting to rub up against whatever the, the Kang council is planning. Like they're like, uh, the more powerful the, the MCU kind of gets, the 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 closer they get and like immortus and the other kangs are now looking to the point that like oh. okay this is now a threat we need to deal with this yes so uh yeah so another reason i think king might become a like this king might become a good guy is because his whole motivation much like a thanos like thanos wants to kill half the universe but for good reasons he wants to he wants to save the universe because it's overpopulated right King thing is like, yo, the other versions of me are awful and they're they're just wrecking shit and incursions are happening nonstop. They don't realize they're destroying the multiverse. So I have to stop them by destroying other multi by destroying other universes. And I'm like, well, like you're killing people by killing people. Like it's none of it's right. But like he is doing the right thing. He's doing what the Avengers do in Hickman's Avengers by destroying alternate universes to save Earth. So he is doing the right thing, technically. Um and it's going to be a really fun thing if we get to, you know, right before Secret Wars and the Avengers have to destroy universes. And the King was like, yeah, welcome back to me 20 years ago, baby. This is what I've been trying to do since the beginning. That's fascinating shit. If they do that, then it could possibly rival Endgame. But I don't believe yeah. it. Because <laughs> I'm curious to see. Game. I'm curious to see what what they end up doing for for secret wars there's a rumor that this kang could become the beyonder uh, like not a rumor a lot of like, speculation that this is that this kang would be like their you know because they they, they did um secret wars would probably be a version of battle world and you can mix and match characters to make this character be the beyonder there's really no reason why not um sure the beyonder is a very old character that is his own character that comes from his own race of beyonders which is like the, i i think that's they could do it but i just find that lazy if you're just oh we're just gonna make this entire other decades long villain also kangs i think that that would ruin a lot of the fun of the original secret wars which is about the beyonder himself um but like rumors come true these days so like if that's true like i wouldn't be surprised. sorry it's not rumor i misspoke it's speculation okay okay or i mean like not necessarily make him the beyonder but put him in the beyonder role yeah that see that makes more sense don't turn him into a beyonder just like I'd rather I don't adapt, want to adapt a Kang into sure. playing the role. I'd rather you again just do the comics, but like I understand you got to do your MCU thing. That's fair. Ben, um, you have any opinions on Five Thousand Kings? Well, real quickly, I just want to say you know it's, I'm curious. I've always been curious about Secret Wars because um, you know they either could do they now they have three options in my opinion. They have they could just introduce the Beyonder. They could do Kang put Kang in the in the role of the Beyonder. Or they could just be like, yeah, Doctor Doom is now this villain because he he will, will most likely be introduced in the Fantastic Four movie that came that would be I think a year or two removed from Secret Wars. So they've got three I, options, and I've always been curious about it. But Kang Dynasty is the one where I'm like, hey, we're gonna see some, some weird shit. Yeah, my my, and I'm in my fun speculation on this, but I I they're definitely gonna introduce Doctor Doom to be part of Secret Wars. Like that that is that is 
inevitability. I do think that, um, like Hickman's Avengers, Doctor Doom is the one who who becomes the hero of the universe. So like, Kang can be the bad guy, and then Doctor Doom takes his omnipotent power, and then that's how Secret Wars happens. So like, mm -hmm. it could still be Kang as our primary villain, and then, oops, it's actually Doctor Doom. This whole thing is Doctor Doom's orchestration. Like that could all still happen, uh, which is fine. Their their connections in the comics have only become more and more connected over the decades. So like, that's fine. I just I just really hope that you know the the road forward to Kang Dynasty and beyond is littered with Jonathan Majors. I don't want them to blow their whole Majors load on Kang Dynasty. I want it to actually We need one more than one license stretched out for a long period of time. Oh, we need more than one major load, I agree. <laughs> uh Ben, final thoughts and why don't you why don't you rate it? On uh, the whole film. So like like I said earlier, I like the whole film and to touch on the the Thousand Kings and even the the, the final post credits scene with um Loki and uh Morbius or Mobius, sorry, wrong wrong Marvel character. Michael Morbius. I I liked it. I the fa the Council of Kings was absolutely terrifying. Like Mag is in the comments, um, he said the audience as Jonathan Majors as Kings is funny and scary. I agree. Um, Grayson also said that he don't think it's the same thing that King was alive, but then the other King said he was dead. So um, I know we're this is not the end of Jonathan Majors' run as King. Obviously, uh, King will return. Obviously, uh, <laughs> no Grayson, I'm not going to. Um, Final thoughts, it's enjoyable, but I like the other Ant-Man films more. Um, one of the strengths of the Ant-Man films is the ensemble, and as much as I did enjoy the smaller ensemble in this movie, um, hmm. oh, that's, that's the Council a, of Kangs. That's, that's a lot of Kang. The Avengers from the movie, baby. That's a lot of Kang. Um, a lot of Kang. As I was saying, even though this film has a smaller ensemble or a different ensemble, if you will, to me, they just don't bring a candle to what the original ensemble is and that's including judy greer that's including michael pena and the rest of the squad of um, scott's uh friends but all in all cassie was still fun to i i still enjoyed cassie quite a bit and this movie does set up uh something for later on down the mcu but as as but if you, you were to ask me which of the three ant-man films i would like to watch more probably the um, the first one Probably yeah. the original one. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have, I flip flop between the first and second one, but besides that, the final rating, I give it a seven. It's still a fun movie. It's still a fun date night. It's, it mm -hmm. just doesn't go, Oh my God. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp is in my top five. Uh, so I was, I was ready to love it, ready to love it. Um, and it's mostly pretty good. I, I'll give it a 7.5. Um, I think Kang is awesome. I there is a part of me that just wishes this could have been this could have still been a quantum movie, but maybe have Modok be the bad guy and you know have, have the personal stakes kind of be the main core of it. Um but King is King is awesome and I like and seeing five thousand Kings truly blew my mind. That's like that is that is probably my favorite post credit scene that we've had just because the the real the bringing comic books to life has never been more insane than that moment. Seeing five thousand Jonathan Majors in a Coliseum, thank you. Seven point five. Sparks. Excuse me. Sorry, I had a big yawn inside of me. Big yawn. Um, I think that part of it for me comes from this place of wanting this to be the Ant Man movie that got everybody to be like, "Oh, great! Ant Man movies are really good, actually." Yes. And 
feeling like the potential to have pulled that off was there and it didn't quite hit the home run. I think it should have, because I do feel like there's an amount in a way I haven't felt for a while in the MCU of like really forcing up the, we're setting up the future kind of storytelling rather than we're focusing just right here on the story here. And while I like to see uh, Kang and Jonathan majors and everything, I'm not saying I necessarily want them out of this movie. I just wanted a bit more of the Ant-Man heart and character growth not just for him but for his characters around him that i used to from the ant-man films Um, but i still really enjoyed it i had a great time overall i think the performances are really strong there's just again like that hope problem is i think really key and at the center of uh, why some of the stuff is missing and lacking um but i i had a lot of fun i still would put it up pretty high it's an eight for me so Make that what you will. Hell yeah. Marty? Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I know that like I have a lot of negatives and stuff like that. Like The humor is funny. It's it's a funny show. But when watching the trailer, I when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is going to be intense. And like this Kang's going to be intense. Everything's going to be super intense. And then when watching the movie, it's like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, holes okay this is funny that that's funny all right there's some humor there and it's good humor but it's just so much of it that that like frightening storyline that exists just wasn't demonstrated and it, it was kind of like all right so cool yeah i like this but like i just wish there was a little bit more to it uh so seven seven <clears throat> i don't know what it is I don't know if I'll feel differently later. Um, I have a tendency to turn on a lot of MCU projects that I'm pretty hot on lately. Uh, except for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I stuck I stuck with that one. Um, but I, um, as it stands, I had a I had a really good time. I really liked it. I I said in the beginning I loved it. I, I, I think I, I think I did love it. Like, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to convince myself I did. That's certainly a possibility. I've done that before, but like Right now, I, I just I just really liked this movie, um, so I gave it an eight point five. Yeah, I don't think that there's a lot. I don't think there's like a wide gap between you and the rest of us. Hmm. I I think it's like you know a smidge more of it worked for you than worked for us. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, there might be a bit of a bigger gap between you and Marty, but then the rest of us, <laughs> like the usual fake nerds, I think we're pretty close to each other. Just I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a lot a lot to enjoy about this movie. This movie has. Again, Rod Tomato scores like don't mean anything, but this has a a like in the forties. Ben's asleep. It's uh uh, this movie's not a forty percent bad. No, I just no. I just I just look at the reaction to this movie and like frankly like I'm baffled by a lot of it. I kind of get some of it. Like it's a weird movie, but like I don't know. It works. For it's me it's in, popular in... to be down on the MCU right now. It's yeah, it's, it's popular bad. to be down on the MCU. No, a lot of people just don't care about the Ant Man movies. Um, and this movie. By definition, not being you know, not being great, that just gives a lot of people like oh, then like then they just they will shit all over it for no reason. Like it, it is unwarranted. This I mean, there, this is probably the most unwarranted hate an MC movie has gotten in a long time. To be honest, there was someone like it's gotten pretty popular. A lot of people are using it as an example. I'm not going to name anyone because I don't remember the usernames. But on Twitter, like you know, somebody gave like a very favorable like a lot of description about what was really wonderful to them about the film and rated a 7.5 out of 10 at the end. Yes, and people were like jumping on that. Like, how can you say like all these things are great and then rated a C? And I'm like. 
what what do you guys want? Like it's like, only a ten or a zero. They're enjoying the movie so much, and they're saying that plainly. And yeah. then they give it a seven point five. If they gave it a nine, you would jump down their throat and saying they're just saying bullshit. Like they're at least being like critical and also acknowledging that they loved a lot of the movie. I don't like seven point five is not a bad rating. It's not. You need to calm down. There, yeah, but is, also again, like nuance <laughs> doesn't exist on the internet. Also, like it's ridiculous that seven that seven is considered a C. Like I understand that's our rate. That's that's the, that's the rating system for kids in 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 schools. But it's ridiculous that there's sixty percent that's just failing. Like that right. a sixty yeah, percent is not a bad movie. So how, why is that? Why, why do we why do we attribute sixty percent F to sixty percent bad movie? That doesn't make any sense to me. Trans yeah. transfer the same thing down to like a five star rating. It that the seven point five would be like a three and a half. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's a seven. Like that doesn't sound like a bad movie to me. A three and a half out of five. That's not terrible. I I I I I've said it enough, but like people, some people just can't accept that movies can be okay to good. Like everything has to be a masterpiece, or it is the worst thing ever made. Like people. Mm. Like they won't accept anything greater than a masterpiece. Otherwise, like it's just not worth watching. And I think that's yeah. just a shitty way of looking at entertainment because then you're gonna miss a lot of things. Sometimes you mm -hmm. need to see some stuff to know how not to make things. Especially looking yep. at MCU movies, like you can't you can't go to these movies expecting them to be something that they're just not setting out to be to begin. At with. this point, <laughs> I feel like you should like it's you should know what you're getting into. Honestly, yeah, it's it your should... own fault at this at this point. <laughs> right, it should be a known quantum mania. Anyway, <laughs> I thought it was a great time overall. Yeah, I have problems, but it's again like it's mostly just like I feel like there was more potential on the table than it achieved. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah, change the schools, change the school ranking system. Let's go into our book club. Mm -hmm.